0: I on 2020 episode 28 have 2020 vision with eye on 2020 the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election i am ray eaton and i will keep you up to date as we approach november 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray Eaton here, your host of ION 2020, the place that you're coming to on a daily basis to hear the news, the events, the things that are going on regarding the 2020 election as we move closer to 2020. uh, We're going to be following all of these newsmakers, uh, all of the candidates who are uh, running against Donald Trump. You got Democrats, you got Libertarians, you have Green Party. I've even seen a few Communist Party members trying to uh, run against Donald Trump and you know they're declaring their candidacies on a daily basis now it seems like so i appreciate you coming back and listening every day there's uh you know what happened to me i just recorded this entire podcast uh spent about 25 30 minutes recording and i got done recording and i thought i had re- i thought i had been recording <laughs> because i literally went on and on and on And I had a great podcast for you, and all of a sudden, it just, uh, I looked down, and it was not recording at all. I think this has happened to a few podcasters that I've listened to as well. Uh, One podcaster brought it up one time, and he, and, you know, there must be a name for it in the podcasting world. And I'm new to this, as you can tell. Um, You know, only been doing this for a little less than a month now. And it's only happened, that's the first time it's happened to me, where I was recording for a while, and you know usually I stop a couple times throughout the podcast to collect my thoughts and so forth that's just the way that I do it so but on this particular one I just kept on going and going and going and uh I was done with the podcast wrapped it up looked down and there was no podcast there and uh so I'm going to try to go ahead and bring back you know or I'm going to cover all the things that I covered in the in that ghost episode right now cuz it, it is Friday when I'm recording and uh, happy Friday to you I appreciate all of you that come back and listen every day you know I, I, I really do appreciate it uh, something that I'd hope for you to do and that I'd like for you to do is go ahead and subscribe to the podcast subscribe while you got a chance right now and uh, share it with your friends go ahead and give me a five star rating and review on whatever podcast you're listening through as well that would be great uh, you know and then come back tomorrow and listen to some more and you know if you' if you're worried about subscribing because you're saying you know what that's thirty minutes of my time. Go ahead and listen to me twice as fast. I talk slow, you know. I'm not, I, that's that's how I am. I talk relatively slow. So go ahead and listen to me two times fast. Maybe get through this podcast in fifteen minutes, and then you know all you're doing is dedicating fifteen minutes a day to getting all the news and events that you need to know for the 2020 election. But I do appreciate all my all my listeners. I really do. And uh, let's go ahead and jump right into the show then. All right. So I was reading. Uh, a little bit today, you know, on a few of the news sites that, that I go through, and I came across an interesting CNN poll that was done immediately, or not immediately, the day after the, uh, the State of the Union, what I'm calling Trump's first campaign speech, and it was interesting. The polling showed that 72% of people that watched the uh, State of the Union Approved of what they saw. Now, a lot of people say in that world, "Oh, well, I didn't watch the State of the Union." That's true. A lot of people did not watch the State of the Union. But when you have seventy-two percent of the people that approved of what the president said, President Trump said during the State of the Union address, um, it's telling, right? He he might have. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of the people that watch the State of the Union are supporters of Trump. They're tuning in because it's literally a com- a campaign speech, right? But they did say that of the people, they, they pulled, I think it was 1,400 people that they pulled, And I wouldn't, I, they did not get into this, but I wonder how many people that they actually called for this poll and how many of them actually, you know, did not even watch the, watch the State of the Union address. Because I can't imagine that more than 20 million people in America watched the, watched the State of the Union. I, I haven't found those numbers as well. But anyway, fourteen hundred people are polled, and they said that seventy-two percent of them approved of what Donald Trump said during the can- during the campaign speech called the Save the Union address. Um, I think fifty-five or sixty percent of the people were Republicans. Thirty uh, percent were, or le- sorry, like twenty-two or twenty-three percent were independents, and then it said seventeen percent of them were Democrats. Of the Democrats, most of them. I think you know of the democrats 63% disapproved so only like 40 something percent approved of what the president said but that's pretty big right quite a few democrats approved 97% of republicans approved of what the president said and um you know huge numbers of independents approved what he said as well so in that sense, you had 72% of people that were approved of what he said based upon the, the numbers of people that were listening. Um, I th- Quite honestly, that was, that's a successful State of the Union address for this guy, right? From the libertarian perspective, yes. I, I, I did this, I talked about this on the show yesterday. So if you want to go ahead back and listen, go ahead and back, go, go back and listen. It was episode 27 of the ION 2020 podcast. And if you go back and listen, you know, I went through some of the goods and bads of the of, the, of the, uh, State of the Union address. I talked about what I, you know, think from the libertarian's perspective on war. You know, obviously, I am anti-war, anti-foreign intervention, and so forth. And Donald Trump did talk quite a bit about wrapping up these wars, that we don't need needless wars, that it's bankrupting our country, and so forth. And uh, I support him on that. And then there's things, that, but there's things that he talked about that I, that I disagreed with as well. And one of the things that I missed, but I was talked about, that I should have talked about is the fact that he was talking about family medical leave and making that a mandatory thing in the country if you're an employer and have paid family medical leave. That's definitely, you know, those types of entitlements right there are between employee and employer. If you're not happy with your employer because they don't have family medical leave, paid them medical leave then go i mean we already have the mandatory eight weeks off i think that they have to give a person after you know after they're pregnant or after they have a baby uh they also a lot of companies will give that to the to the male employees as well um now they're going to man, make it mandatory that they have to pay the employee during that time as well that's just intrusive government and I think that's wrong, but Donald Trump is supporting that. I think he's going to use that as a leverage, a way to get things that he wants. So that's that's why he threw that out there. It was kind of just giving it to the, um, you know, throwing a bone to the Democrats, right? But he talked about that. Then he talked about ending the nuclear proliferation agreement. And I think that's wrong as well. That's just a very dangerous place for this country to be at, Um in this world to be at, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's going to embolden other countries to make more, ma- manufacture more nuclear weapons and so forth, and I think that's a scary, a very scary road to go down. So I I definitely uh, think that in this, in the State of the Union address, Donald Trump addressed some good issues, some bad issues, from that libertarian's perspective, I, you know, that's all I do is I'm just honest about it, and I just think that it's very telling that 72% of people that watched it we're happy with what he said. And, you know, that's, I, I guess that's good for him. It's going to be, it's, it says it says that he is saying the things that his supporters want to hear. It's saying that he's saying the things that a few Democrats want to hear. But it really says a lot about the independents that those people are swayed by him. And that, that, that might be beneficial to him uh, when people go to the polls. So when people go, do go to the polls, they're going to have a populist president, a populist but um, slightly popular, very popular with his base, slightly popular with some of the independents, and very unpopular with Democrats. That's known, right? But then we're going to look at the Democrats and their, type, their, um, their messaging. Because you always hear about the pendulum within politics. If you pull the pendulum way too far to the left... It sways way over to the right. And that's what happened with uh, Barack Obama in 2008. He got elected. He went straight for Obamacare. And that pendulum pulled way to the right with the Tea Party movement. And in 2010, there was a wave of Tea Party people that got elected into Congress, right? And then then the um, eventually the Congress and the Senate were taken over by the Republicans. He had that pendulum swing. And then when Barack Obama... Um, got reelected, and then we had, you know, that pendulum continued to stay swung to the right, and that's what led to a uh, Donald Trump type person, a power, a, a powerful speak, not a powerful speaker per se, because he's he's a little bit crazy when he speaks, but he's a powerful figure, a personality. You had a powerful personality in Donald Trump, and that swings that pendulum to the right, and you get a lot of people that voted for Donald Trump. He wins the election, so now. By pulling that pendulum way over to the right that you did with Donald Trump, that thing's going to swing way over to the left, and we saw that with the with the elections in 2018, the Democrats take over the House and so forth. So, that pendulum swings way over to the right. Uh, when you had, but my point is this: the Democrats' messaging for 2020 is way different than the Hillary Hillary Clinton message of 2016, right? She was a very middle of the road. She was talking about reforming Obamacare. She was just talking about, you know, very few major controversial issues. She was just going that middle of the road route with a Democrat lean. You know, help Social Security. You know, we're going to help. We're going to fix education and da 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 da. But nothing that was too serious. Nothing that's too controversial. 2018, you have the wave, but. 2018, you have the wave of the um, Bernie Sanders types Democrats. Uh, some of them got elected in the Congress, but the main thing is is that Bernie Sanders is that that social democratic view has really influenced all of the candidates. I think that are running for 2020. A lot of those people are trying to stay middle of the road slightly, but you have you know a very outspoken group that is talking about reform or, or taking over the medical system completely. You have people that are, you know, talking about class warfare big time. And it's just, uh, those are things that you would have never talked about in 2016. The Democrats did not talk about during 2016. But today, they are rampant with these social democratic views, you know, huge estate tax on, on wealthy people, for you know more intervention in the economy, more intervention in health care. Medicare for All, those are just very extreme left-wing views that are becoming more mainstream. So that pendulum shift is really is mean, really telling of where we were 2016 versus where we are going to be in 2020 and the type of people that are going to run against, run against uh, Donald Trump. But all that is is that pendulum swing. That could be good for Donald Trump. I've said that in the past because the... Independence, the middle of the road type of people are probably not going to be too happy with way too much government, way too much change. People are resistant to change. So that might be good for Donald Trump. Um, but if those socialist leaning Democrats have their way in the primary and get one of their candidates, candidates as the nominee for the presidency, um, if that person actually becomes president, that's going to be a little bit scary. That definitely will. Um, not so much that I am going to go out and vote for Donald Trump, though. Like, I just think, I mean, no matter what, the the uh, the deep state has so much control of this nation. There is really not that much power that the president has over the internal, you know, part what's really going on in the government in the first place. That's going to do what it does. Um, but then again, you know, with the Democratic Congress pushing things through i always I always say division is good for government um, or good for the people. it's bad for the government, but we want it to be bad for the government because all the government does is take, tries to take over more of our lives right so let's let's I mean that's just want to bring up this pendulum swing. It just seems so much different on what these candidates are running on now versus what Hillary Clinton was running on in two thousand sixteen and um I just want to make you guys aware of that as well. Those were my thoughts in some news about Elizabeth Warren. Uh, her campaign is getting going. I think she's going to announce officially this weekend that she's going to be running for president, and a little bit of controversy has been coming out. And I don't know if this is going to catch up with her or not. I don't know if it's going to affect her campaign too much or not. But I just thought I would want to bring it up because it's it's a little bit funny-ish. You know, it's a little somewhat funny. Uh, she says she has an apology from the heart for identifying as a Native American. This is from the USA Today, Washington, uh, yeah, USA Today. She apologized for not having been more sensitive about tribal citizenship. And she's just been all about apologizing for this thing, right? There's another one in Real, Real Clear Politics. It says that she apologizes for calling herself American Indian on the bar registration. And this is, if she becomes the Democratic nominee, it's just going to be funny listening to the way that Donald Trump uh, aggressively goes after about this, because she literally lied, lied about this for her entire life, uh, just based upon some idea in her mind, I guess, that she has some Native American ancestry of one, you know, and then when she finally did the test, it was, you know, one 1024th or something. I mean, absolutely no Native American blood at all in her practically. And uh, she just, you know, she's, I guess she's said this all of her life, and you know i wonder how if she's gotten to where she is based upon having said that I, mean, I doubt that's the case i mean i'm sure she's a hard-working lady and everything i just thought it was and i'm sure she's very intelligent as well i just thought that's so funny that she just keeps having to apologize for this but if she becomes the nominee man trump is just gonna bash her constantly about it and uh he's in a He's in the collar lying, you know, like he he had lying Hillary. He's gonna have lying Warren or something. He's gonna come up with something, because he's great with those little one-liners, right? So it'll be funny to watch. Now, there's another thing about her campaign going on right now, and everyone's challenging her whether this wealth tax is even constitutional. And she says it is. She says she has twelve or thirteen scholars that can defend her on this that says it is a that is constitutional, but it's really you know, it's 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 an overreach of the government to be able to take somebody's wealth that they've already earned. I think the Constitution, with the Sixteenth Amendment, I believe it is, does say that Congress can pass a, or pass taxes and levy taxes on people. And I think it comes down to that the that the Supreme Court has definitely said that this uh, that the income tax is okay, but not a wealth tax. And that would and then they're saying that in the articles that I'm reading that. These things will be definitely um, tried in court. I guess is what it would say. If if it it would be opposed in court. If she was able to get a wealth tax passed, and then she has this little spat with Michael Bloomberg. Uh, he said the Constitution lets you impose income taxes only, so I think it's unconstitutional. And that's what Michael Bloomberg, Bloomberg, Mayor of New York, said about it. And then she fires back and says, "Billionaires like Howard Schultz and Michael Bloomberg want to keep rigging or keep a rigged system in place that benefits only them and their buddies. And they plan to spend gobs of cash trying to buy the presidency and keep it keep that way. Keep it that way, not on my watch," she says. But she has this thing where she just wants to sidestep the Constitution and you know just impose taxes on people the constitution is there to be you know a, as a guidepost i guess cuz we all we all know this i mean the the government we have now is you know some people say the government we have now is way the Constitu- is way away from the constitution um and others say things differently that you know the government that we have now needs to go further than what the constitution allows so she's obviously one of those that wants you know the government to have more power than the Constitution, uh, supposedly allows. All these people they try to stretch it and they try to figure out ways to get around it and so forth. That's what the government does. Uh, that's what government officials do because they want to get their way. And she's obviously one of those that you know, she'll just she thinks it's a very a, a living document is what you know Democrats a lot of times will call the Constitution. But I just wanted to bring that up. You know they're they're calling it unconstitutional and a lot of these things that they're talking about though are unconstitutional i mean most mostly anything is unconstitutional outside of uh the realm of like you know military spending and maybe building roads or something like that i mean it, what the constitution says is what it says the 10th amendment says anything that's not uh, expressly stated within the constitution is left to the states you know so those are the, those are things that the constitution specifically says but the government does way 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 more than more than what it it's intended to do this government does way more than what the constitution intended it to do Um, so if you wanted to just throw out the constitution well it kind of already has been thrown out and elizabeth warren wants to just um, trample it with her wealth tax i'm sure Uh, so anyway that's all i that's all i got on that for today so just to wrap up, I certainly do appreciate all of you coming out today. It is Friday. I'm going to go ahead and make this episode a little bit short, and that's because I totally screwed up big time and did not record the actual show that I went on and on and on with. And uh, I think I covered most of the topics that I covered during that show, but I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, if you want to, go ahead and subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, um, Give me a rating and a review. I'd appreciate that. And if you want to follow me uh, on on Twitter, I am at I on the Empire, and go ahead and uh, you know follow me on Twitter. And the most important thing though is subscribe to the show. I want to hear. I want to get more ears tuned in every single day. And if you want to share it with a friend, that would be great as well. Uh, this is I on 2020. Your place to have clear vision for the 2020 elections, so keep on tuning in, tuning in so your vision can stay clear.